Hi, Karan. How is it going? Yes, sir. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm well, thanks. So, great. Thanks for being here to, to talk about uh, biomechanics. Of course, my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. So, how is everything in the US? Well, uh, in Los Angeles, uh, things are getting better. Uh, this uh, COVID situation definitely is uh, still in play. Uh, but uh, glad 2020 is done and uh, hopeful for a much uh, better 2021. Perfect. Perfect. So, yeah, you're a track and field athlete. Tell us about your journey. How did you get started with it? Well, uh, I uh, grew up in uh, uh, Mumbai, India, and uh, I started uh, competing at the school level. And... Uh, Happened to uh, be good at track and field, uh, won some medals, and then uh, winning is uh, an addiction of its own. And uh, that uh, started my journey. Went from uh, there to district level, uh, then started winning at the state level, and finally uh, was a youth level national champion uh, in India. Uh, following which, I got recruited by the University of Southern California uh, to run. Uh, Division one track and field uh, for them. Uh, I tried, uh, my, it was my dream to make it to the Olympics. Unfortunately, I kept battling with injuries. Mm. Uh, that uh, definitely uh, cut my professional career short. But uh, fortunately, I was uh, also studying biomedical engineering and kinesiology at uh, USC. And uh, those experiences uh, led me to research with medical devices and uh, understand the human body and biomechanics in much more detail, which uh, led me to uh, my epiphany of uh, solving this uh, problem of uh, understanding how everybody is different compared to each other and how everybody should be training differently. And that's why we founded biotechnology and developed uh, the equilibrium system. So that's pretty much my story in a nutshell. Mm, great. That's that's interesting. I mean, uh, you got recruited for track and field, but you kept up with your studies as well. Well, I was a little realistic, right? Uh, mm -hmm. I got uh, recruited by the time I was uh, 18 years old. And uh, to be honest, uh, the guys who were running with me uh, when I was in the US uh, were running on a daily basis faster than the Indian national record. So I was I was late to the game coming from India. Uh, which is not uh, the end of the world. I still uh, had my mindset on the goal, but, uh, you know, uh, had to make a career <laughs> uh, post my athletic career as well. So I'm, I'm kind of uh, made sure that my academic uh, uh, exposure wasn't compromised as I pursued my athletic ones. Sure, sure. So you said that, some of these athletes were running faster than the national uh, record holder in India on a daily basis. Yeah. That's, uh, no, that's the, incredible. No, I mean, definitely incredible uh, for me as an experience to train alongside them. But uh, at the same time, that makes you realize, uh, you know, um, that uh, people are already peaking by the time they're 18, 19, 20 years old and qualifying for the Olympics. So, uh, there's a lot of work to be done uh, mm. as uh, uh, as a team. Is that, is that to... like an Indian thing where uh, they peak at a later age? Or, uh, do you feel that? Or uh, is it that in general, 
those who make it to the olympics uh, usually peak at around at the age of 19 20 you know start getting to that level i mean after i founded the company we had experience working across youth uh, collegiate and uh, professional professional sports mm-hmm. and to be very honest with you i mean uh, even at the youth level the sophistication with which kids are training and uh, uh, the technologies that they're using and uh, the coaching uh, is uh, is very very serious and i think in india uh, it gets serious uh, when you truly decide to pursue this professionally right. which is oftentimes uh, a little towards the end of your youth career entering mm-hmm. into the uh, you know the men's category mm-hmm. i feel uh, it's not like we peak late we start uh, developing late <laughs> or other training uh, later yeah. in the game i mean you have countries like china recruiting people at age 6 you know mm-hmm. so that should tell you something sure sure and what i feel is in india basically when you start off for the next you know when you start even if you start at the age of 7 or 8 you don't take the sport seriously till i mean things are changing but in general you don't take the sport seriously till you're around 13 or 14 and you start competing in a few tournaments later on and uh, so by the time you decide to take it seriously like you said it's you're already 15 or 15 or 16 and um, and then then you start all this uh, um you know good training uh, systems and all but it's too late by then right i mean yeah because as you can imagine then you have your 10 standard boards and right. then you're applying to junior college and then you have your 12 standard boards and then you're focusing on medical college or engineering or whatever else you're trying to do and it's a yeah. never ending process from there uh, for you to really step back and uh, see if you want to make this as a career because it has to be a clear cut pathway right i mean you have to choose if you want to do this professionally or not and sure. i think uh, there's a lot of sense of uh, fear mm-hmm. uh, not only at the at the uh, child's uh, uh, level but also at the parental level mm-hmm. uh, talking about, i mean just because is this going to make a successful career for yourself and that's right. a big question right so how much mm-hmm. do you want to risk mm sure so the i'm assuming like with the athletes you work their parents mindset is completely different right i mean they know that even if they're like 6 years old or 7 years old they know that any kid over there has a chance to make it to the olympics yeah i mean if you if you think about it you know uh, i mean the guys i mean the very few people that i know who uh, you know had their minds on both uh, athletic and academic careers so don't get me wrong i mean they were they were academically sound i'm not saying uh, they did not uh, study at all but uh, i feel like they were uh, they were they were set in it was set in stone that they wanted to make it to the olympics mm-hmm. and uh, they were going to they were going to compete with seriousness at the high school level uh, get recruited by top programs get a scholarship at the collegiate level uh, educate themselves but at the same time uh, the focus was always uh, the priority was sport and uh, uh, you know that never changed but in my case and i seen a lot of cases uh, uh, especially in india i mean mm-hmm. we have to keep a backup plan what if sure. what if athletics doesn't work i mean sure. uh, we can't be uh, we can't be stuck not knowing what to do right and that's a very very and very few uh, parents and families uh, give you that flexibility and freedom uh, mm-hmm. to explore uh and take that risk 
of course of course mm. so you go to the us you train did you compete there in any way or were you always injured uh no i came in injured i had uh, multiple injuries uh, my freshman year so i pretty much red shorted what red shorting means is sitting out mm-hmm. uh, but uh, the other years uh, yes uh, i was competing uh, representing the usc trojans uh, at competitions but um, i did continue to battle with injuries uh, over and over again so at that point i had to just uh, hang my spikes hmm so these injuries i mean you having all the uh, all the facilities in the us you know physios and uh, what not how how were you getting injured all the time well that's a great question right at usc i mean i had the best of coaches best of trainers best of doctors i mean i mean usc as a school has the highest number of uh, ta- uh, olympic medals if you tally them i mean they would have been 10th if they were rank- ranked as a country so i mean great program great facilities but the point is i mean we i i grew up in india and my development was uh, uh uh i would say rather weaker compared to uh, what uh, my peers at usc were doing and um, i think when i got there uh, i my body couldn't keep up with uh, their training programs uh, their strength and conditioning programs uh, just because it wasn't trained uh, but uh to compete at that level that was what was required right and yeah. uh, i i i broke down and i mean a lot of other people broke down but mm-hmm. i mean i broke down primarily because my fundamentals uh were uh, weaker compared to uh the peers that i was competing against mm. all right so i mean let's we assuming that in india back in the day probably a decade ago none of all these facilities that are available now the limited facilities that are available now um went there right so how did some of the people make it from india i mean i don't i can't recollect names but some of them have made it to a really high level right is it just because the odds are like out of a billion people probably a uh, 100 million train for it 99 million you know fail because uh, 99.99 million fail because uh, they didn't have the right uh, you know structure right fundamentals in place and one person one or two people end up making it to the olympics um is that the case i mean uh, if you i mean india is not short of talent right i mean sure. we've got incredible incredible talent and it's a function of uh, who has the right uh, guidance uh, from a young level and uh, how those coaches are able to cultivate that keep them healthy uh, performing at optimum capacity uh, mm-hmm. as they progress from youth to collegiate to eventually pro but if you see a lot of people uh, uh, in india who have made it uh, big in the professional circuit i mean completely gave their 100% to sport i mean mm-hmm. they took that leap of faith and took that risk i mean you don't have somebody who's uh, a full time engineer and simultaneously uh trying to also make it to the olympics so definitely uh, a a different approach and yeah. uh, like i said in the beginning if you're willing to go all in uh which is absolutely required then we definitely have a chance but if we use uh you know uh, the right fundamentals at a very young age and try to cultivate uh you know athletes early i think uh, we'll have even a better chance at winning mm fair enough fair enough 
so i was speaking to you know somebody a colleague of us so he mentioned that they they looked at your biomechanics and said it's all over the place or i, I don't know if i'm framing it the right way but i guess when you are in the us they mentioned that you are bound to get injured in a few months talk to us about that story uh well uh let's talk about what biomechanics is right biomechanics is pretty much the mechanics of your body mm-hmm. and uh, there are a lot of parameters that uh, impact that and it 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 starts uh like i said i keep going back it starts very young in the uh, in your development cycle where you're you're growing you're uh, having your growth spurt and uh, the kind of footwear you wear the kind of training you do the kind of surfaces you walk on the kind of food you eat mm-hmm. the, i mean it, a lot of things change the way your bones your muscles everything develops and uh, you know by the time you're of a certain age and uh, playing the same sport same gender you know look the same uh, same age group uh, you still have these tiny nuances in your body uh, that are different Uh, when you compare one person to the other person and uh, those things are very vital and critical uh you know to take into uh, consideration and uh, your training programs your uh, uh, you know strength and conditioning programs everything should be modified to adapt to work around those tiny nuances that exist in your body so mm-hmm. for example everybody should not be going uh to the weight room or everybody should not be uh playing the sport or training in the same manner doing the same thing doing the same mm-hmm. drills playing for the same time uh because everybody is going to break at a different stage and you have to continue to monitor that and uh, rest people appropriately when required and push limits uh when the time is right and if you don't toggle between those uh variables uh strategically i mean you're you're bound to get injured and once you're injured i mean that's the that's the biggest first biggest hindrance to uh, uh performance optimization right so that's yeah. that's that's my take on biomechanics everybody is different and individualized training programs are absolutely a must mm-hmm. if you uh, want to you want to up and up a notch and take it to the next level mm. interesting interesting okay so that's where i mean that's where they saw your biomechanics and realize that um this this hasn't been, you know taken care of and you may face issues yeah so i mean when i got to the us my strength my power my speed my endurance my body was just not uh uh, uh coached or trained mm-hmm. uh, to 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 adapt to the programs and the plans that they were implementing here and uh, i mean i could have run a little faster than i ever did uh, by just uh, doing things that was specific to my body type which would have avoided me from getting injured so that doesn't mean i would have won but uh, it kept me healthy which would have allowed me to train more consistently which ultimately would have led me to perform better than i did uh, previously uh, but again coming back to the the basics uh, if your body is not meant to do certain things then you have to adapt otherwise you're going to injure the person no definitely i mean it's not really about winning it's about being able to give your uh, 
100%, right? I mean, and being able to improve in a way that you can, you know, take, you know, certain leaps forward in your, in whatever sport you're in. It's not, I mean, it has never been about winning. It's like, even in other sports, you realize after 10 years that, oh, you did this, this, this wrong. And then you're like, what was the whole point if it was, I mean, if I had just known that I, I have to do these things and then you do these things and then you make it or you don't make it doesn't matter. But when you realize that, oh, you didn't do these 10 fundamentals, right? There's, there was no chance of making it. It was like, you're just playing for the sake of it. There's absolutely, you had 0% chance. At least if you had done the fund, uh, fundamentals, right? There would be a possibility, right? Yep, uh, absolutely. I mean, it's like, uh, uh, you know, uh, it's like tuning a race car. I mean, uh, you just have to uh, keep uh, tuning till you uh, find that uh, sweet spot. But uh, it's uh, so many different variables uh, that need to fall in place together. Uh, but, and if you don't know what you're doing, uh, then uh, you're bound to get injured. Mm. Sure. So when you talk about biomechanics... Is it just injury prevention? Well, biomechanics fundamentally, I mean, if you think about it, it's, uh, this is the way I like to explain it, right? It's about how the human body moves. Mm -hmm. And uh, the way the human body moves uh, is uh, directly going to impact uh, certain uh, ways you perform and uh, certain risks uh, that uh, it puts you at uh, from an injury perspective. So, I mean, by optimizing uh, biomechanics, you don't only try to break records by pushing, uh, you know, human potential uh, a little further than uh, anybody else has in the past, but at the same time, you also try to catch those markers or precursors where it can help you understand what your risk of injury is so you can avoid doing certain things so that you don't get hurt because injuries are the biggest you know uh, uh biggest biggest reason in my opinion uh that hinders performance because it puts you out of pocket for uh, weeks sometimes months and coming back has never been easy sure you mentioned that it has to be individualized right so you know yeah we understand that however in a realistic situation let's say you start, okay, first of all, at what age should people start, you know, getting these things checked, like having a look at your biomechanics from the moment you start playing a sport or um, maybe a year or two down the line? I would, uh, I mean, so, I mean, when you're younger, your body is changing really frequently, right? So uh, I would say it's good to keep a track on what's happening at a young mm -hmm. stage. And then you start making some serious uh, implementations as you grow slightly older. Uh, there is no, uh, I mean, to be very honest, I would be lying if I say there's the perfect age to do this. There's no set age, but let's say for simple example, right? You're eight years old and you're always, you know, spraining your ankle uh, mm -hmm. while you're running. Uh, then there's something wrong and you're doing something wrong, uh, whether it's uh, wearing the wrong footwear or whether it is, uh, uh, you know, something wrong, uh, uh, muscular wise, skeletal wise. So you got to start catching those things and fixing them because uh, if you don't, then over time, 
uh, either it's just going to manifest itself and become worse or uh, it is going to develop other compensatory movements that is going to cause different injuries over time and the human body is just interconnect interconnected it's a chain right it's every joint and segment is linked mm-hmm. to each other so so what happens at the ankle can directly impact what happens at your hip your lower back mm-hmm. uh, so forth and so on so i i i think more you know uh, one of the things people lack doing uh, and this is not just india right everywhere is is continuous monitoring i mean you'll do some baseline testing and you'll figure out what the issue is one day but i mean bodies are changing every other week so if you know don't monitor them over time and see how that's uh, you know evolving uh, you are probably uh, turning a blind eye to a potential risk of injury so i, I think uh continuous monitoring and oversight is really really important and that way you track uh, these tiny uh issues uh, that keep popping up and you solve them immediately uh, right then and there you don't wait for it to worsen and then convert to an injury and mm-hmm. uh, uh which becomes too late uh, and then you lose a lot of quality time and money and all all of that particular sure so yeah coming back to my question when you mentioned that everything has to be personalized mm-hmm. in a realistic situation let's say in india where you join these group classes uh it's not really easy to do that right i mean if there's a class between 4 to 5 30 or 6 you know whatever and you can't really have these experts giving you separate drills as compared to the rest giving each individual separate drills uh, for the you know during the group class right so how how do you yeah. navigate that so there you got to address that problem in a couple ways right first is uh, the simple the simple i mean like let's let's go to basics right so uh, you want to understand what the problem is and what differentiates one person from the other person mm-hmm. and this only ha- i mean that's why we developed technologies at why you the way we do is we want to make sure that we give you real time insights on what's going on with your body and i think uh, that's extremely important because once you understand what the issue is then there are couple ways you can tackle it right so if you do a one on one session with your coach or your trainer then of course you can modify that you can customize it it's easier to do so but coming to your uh, example of uh, group uh, classes uh, i mean think about this uh, it doesn't uh, i mean you can definitely recommend a specific footwear uh, that people need to buy that is different from person to person that might uh, you know mitigate and solve some problems that might uh, come from wearing the wrong footwear uh, you could uh, give them five or six exercises to do at home uh, when they're not in the group session that will be responsible mm-hmm. for strengthening certain joints certain muscle groups that were flagged as weaker or a risk of uh, uh, getting hurt while you did uh, your baseline assessments that way even in a group setting uh, although everybody is doing the same thing for one hour right. uh, they are uh, by, they're wearing different equipment wearing different apparel they are uh, going home and doing different rehab and strengthening uh, that ultimately allows them to come and be healthy during that one hour session so i know it was a long winded answer but uh, that's the that's the only way uh, mm. to mitigate it makes sense makes sense no yeah doing the um work behind behind closed doors basically to make things i mean yeah in an ideal situation you have your own coach and you can work on it 
you know, based on how long you can play and different drills. But in a realistic situation, yes, doing, you know, the rest of the time, apart from the group class, spending it, I mean, not obviously not the whole day, but whatever, based on the work that is needed, you give it, you put in that 30 minutes or 45 minutes of work uh, behind doors to, you know, maintain that uh, level and improve in terms of your biomechanics, right? That's, uh, that makes sense. Uh, all right, so when you talk about this, are there differences between sports when you talk about uh, biomechanics, like let's say tennis, football, running, badminton, you know, when you, when you look at biomechanics, is it like a one uh, approach or there are different uh, things to look at? Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, I, every uh, different sport has some level of uh, skill and some uh, uh, specific type of movements uh, that are specific to, uh, you know, playing that uh, sport. So definitely there are sport-specific uh, uh, drills and sport-specific uh, uh, biomechanics that people always are looking to optimize. But, uh, you know, if you if you step back and think about it as humans, I mean... Uh, I mean, you just have one body and um, uh, for the most part, a lot of uh, the strength and conditioning and the PT and the rehab and the training uh, between sports as well, I mean, different sports as well, uh, is, is, is uh, it overlaps. And mm. uh, what we focus on is uh, both uh, the things, right? How can we generically uh, make sure that you're uh, performing at uh, your best capacity? and uh, avoiding injuries along the way and then once you uh, go sport specific then we uh, look at uh, really sport specific uh, movements and uh, what uh, might be uh, you know some ways we can improve uh, uh, or optimize performance for those specific movements and what are the potential uh, injuries that can happen while doing them so it's a combination of both we focus for the most part on a lot of generic uh, stuff because uh, you know uh, it's a, it's a it, it's common and it overlaps between different sports as a business uh, and as from a scale perspective it's easier. Yeah. But uh, should you should you want to dive in deeper? I mean, uh, you always have the possibilities to do that as well. And there are specialists uh, who focus on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So, what about the general population? Do they? need uh, you know need to look into these things or uh, i mean for a casual fitness uh, you know nowadays fitness is coming up in india big time like people running you know 30 40 minutes a day uh, some people cycling walking whatever doing some sort of exercise so is it really needed for them or is it i mean um, as compared to athletes i don't think so but what what is your take I mean, uh, athletes need it because it's bread and butter, right? But uh, weekend weekend warriors also need to stay healthy. Otherwise, they're not going to be able to do that, do uh, whatever they would like to do. Let's say whether it's running or biking or whatever that might be, Uh, they won't be able to do it over and over again. And uh, uh, you, if you've seen the the number of PT clinics and physiotherapists and you know, uh, performance centers and personal trainers that have popped up in the last decade or more 
it's mm-hmm. it's amazing because you know it's uh, because uh, there's a need uh, for this but if you do it wrong you do injure yourself mm. and that's a fact uh, so you have to protect the body you have because uh, if you don't uh, you're not able to enjoy a workout consistently but at the same time uh, one injury can lead to a lot of other uh, linked problems over time we see a lot of knee patients uh, who go out there uh trying to run a marathon ironman uh, who eventually you know has some sort of uh, uh knee pain and knee surgery and then eventually forget to rehab or strengthen their ankle or their hip they come back from knee surgery or knee uh, you know from knee pain and then the hip goes out or the ankle goes out and it's then a vicious cycle from there because it never ends so uh, i i think uh, just knowing your body even better Mm-hmm. and trying to do things that can keep you healthier is not only applicable for sport but also for uh, the general population i mean even old uh, uh, people right geriatric population who staying at home uh, if you don't uh, track them closely uh, they are at a risk of falling or they are at a risk of losing their balance and uh, the consequences from there are pretty severe if mm-hmm. uh, if you're having a bad day mm. understood understood valid valid points okay so you've done some work in india through probably your partners or anything of that sort so what is the perception in india right now how is the perception probably 10 years ago and as compared to abroad and how far behind are we um uh... I don't know if I can quantify exactly how far behind we are, but uh, we definitely uh, trail uh, in terms of uh, innovate. I mean, technology adoption, right? Especially if it's in the sports space. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong. I mean, India is evolving. When I left uh, India more than a decade ago, I mean, uh, it was a different scene altogether. And today, you know, uh, I see people uh, uh, do things. Uh, measure things monitor things uh in a i mean it, it's amazing how how things have evolved sure. but uh but uh the truth be told we if you if you just look at it from a sport specific our olympic medal tally should uh be greater than the other countries if we were doing everything right and we were innovating faster than every mm-hmm. other country and uh, that's not the case right so yeah. there is something that is missing because i don't think it's a talent issue we have got tremendous amount of talent and we've proven that right mm-hmm. in some ways uh, yeah. so uh, i think uh, india has to definitely adopt faster uh, mm-hmm. more than adopting faster it should be leading in some spaces because we kind of have to play catch up right at this point i mean we are not uh leaders in in the in the sports space yeah. so how i mean of, of course of course minus cricket but if you think about what cricket has done what bcci and ca has done i mean like they've got the best talents top notch uh you know guys uh, who are who are doing a phenomenal job and you see that translate into uh, the games leading cricket teams playing and you now you take that and apply it to every single sport uh there's definitely going to be a change but then again the the, the the flip side is uh, other sports don't generate as much revenue as cricket does so mm-hmm. automatically there is downstream impact to what you can uh, do for that sport and what uh, how much you can uh, 
you know, invest in it. So sure. it's it's a vicious cycle, but I feel like we have to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the goal and the vision with which uh, uh, we come to India uh, with uh, technologies like ours, uh, just trying to help and trying to figure out, you know, how we can give our Indian athletes that cutting edge. Sure. So where do you see it headed, future potential of biomechanics? Well, I think humans are going to be tracking everything about themselves. Uh, I mean, today you have the Apple Watches and the Fitbits and the Garmin's of the world that uh, are measuring heart rate and sleep and steps and calories. And you see so many people, everyone's hooked to it. And those products have done a phenomenal job in uh, putting an extremely convenient product on your wrist and in a very seamless way, providing actionable insights. Uh, Now, uh, if you want to take it a level up, uh, you will have to start measuring and monitoring a, ro- a lot more than just heart rate and sleep and steps and calories. And that's where uh, our technology comes in. And that's mm-hmm. what our vision is. And as uh, humans get hungry for more data, they want a lot more insights. Uh, they want to you know, develop individualized training plans. They want to know uh, how to predict certain uh, problems that might happen and how to purchase products that are best suited for them rather than generically going and buying the best looking shoe off the shelf. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is going to, this is going to be where uh, the, the overall sports health and fitness markets are headed. And uh, that's where uh, we intend to lead that space. Perfect. Perfect. Great. Um, I guess that's it for now. I mean, we've covered a pretty good amount of, um, you know, content on biomechanics. I'm sure people would be more interested in getting into this right now, figuring out what uh, biomechanics is after this. So thanks, Karan. Uh, really appreciate it. Um, why, why don't you tell us about your company and Fit Indo and everything with the work you guys are doing? Uh, well, uh, thanks for having me firstly. And, uh, uh, our company, I mean, our company is called Vayu Technology. Uh, we've developed this, uh, platform called Equilibrium. It's a patented system. Uh, and, uh, uh we are, uh, powered by wearable sensors and AI. And the goal is to, in a seamless way in people's natural environment, in a ultra portable cost effective real time manner, uh, to provide, uh, deeper insights uh, than the common wearables in the market do. And mm-hmm. our ultimate ultimate goal is focused on performance optimization and injury prevention. Uh, but we also uh, apply our uh, solutions uh, in health uh, in health setups like physical therapy and rehab uh, to also you know help with uh, recovering faster and returning back to play. Uh, so our goal is, I mean we, we started off as a sports technology company, branched out to healthcare, we also work with the military and uh, uh, now uh, once we had that success in the US, uh, we are, uh, uh, you know, launching product in India and we are in the process of doing so as we speak. Uh, we've got some uh, really uh, good uh, early buy-ins and early adopters and uh, we are just looking for the right partners who can help, uh, you know, uh, spread, the, spread the brand awareness and uh, help us grow and uh, do what we do best. And uh, the the impact uh, should uh, 
shown not only in sport but also in the in the fitness uh, uh, markets uh, as well so uh, with fitindo i mean we partnered with them uh, i mean sandeep who's uh, founder is uh, is uh, i mean he's like one of those classic examples of entrepreneurs right he's mm-hmm. always on top of his game and uh, he knows what uh, he wants and uh, he was uh, he's he's been uh, in the fitness assessment space uh, and uh, uh, post covid uh, he had a challenge uh, with uh, some of his uh, methodologies which were very high touch in nature so he wanted more uh, you know um, uh, flexible nimble products uh, that can be used not only in person but also be deployed in complete virtual setting so he can continue to run his business without depending on people coming to him so that's how we connected and then uh, one thing led to another and uh, now he also helps uh, channel uh, sales in uh, you know uh, bizdev for us in uh, in india so it's been a fun ride a uh, couple months with him and uh, we have already some pretty solid deals in the pipeline and mm-hmm. uh, the goal is to continue growing that uh, in uh, our common efforts uh, to evolve uh, health and fitness in india amazing amazing that's that's wonderful to hear where can people find out about uh, your company about fitindo if they want to get in touch in india uh, how do they go about it well uh, for us uh, you can always go to our website www.byu.tech and uh, you know just send us uh, a note or you can uh, reach out to us via uh, instagram which is @byutech um, Uh, so these are the two platforms that people normally reach out to us uh, uh, for fitindo uh, you have uh, fitindo.in and uh, uh, you can always uh, uh, reach out to sandeep using uh, that website but if you ping us and uh, you want to get in touch with fitindo we're more than happy to make that introduction as well perfect perfect i'll, I'll have all these links on the show notes so anybody who wants to have uh, you know this get much more insights into this or get in touch for whatever reason you can uh directly get in touch through these links and uh, yes thanks a lot karan really appreciate it getting giving us awareness about biomechanics of course uh, uh appreciate uh, you having me uh, on this podcast and uh, thanks a lot and um, i look forward to connecting with you again great thanks karan bye